Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoins, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne chose, ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. pour les Canadiens, le troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's gonna be sick. Marinaro on this Monday, February 27. It's one minute past 10 o'clock. And here we are live on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. How's everyone doing tonight? Hope you're doing pretty good. Uh, the sick podcast brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. Also brought to you in part by La Bitta TV, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bitta TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bitta TV, embrace your true nature. And brought to you in part by La Cage, where uh, my wife and uh, my son went last night. If the last time you went to La Cage, was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. They were at the LaSalle location last night. Let me take a sip. My uh, throat's already dry. I don't know why. Mm, that hit the spot. Okay. Let's tuck in this so you can see. Of course, if those of you who are watching, and I would imagine you're watching, if you're watching on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, unless, of course, uh, you know, you're... Uh, uh, you're tuned in and you're just listening and uh, you don't want to see my face, which is, uh, you know, that's a possibility too. Um, so you can see my merch, right? Is it 10 p.m. yet? Do you like this one? I like this one. This one's clearly become one of my favorites. People used to say, is it 10 a.m. yet? And now they're saying 
Is it 10 p.m. yet? Look at that. It's nice, huh? Uh, you can, by the way, you can pick that up at sportbuffshop.com. Uh, we're talking Montreal Canadiens, and of course, tonight is Monday, and uh, the uh, March 3rd trade deadline is quickly approaching us here, and it's going to be on uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, the deadline is 3 p.m., and that's the good news uh, with all the networks, everyone that's going to show you like six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours of coverage and stuff like that. The bad news is that most of the players that were supposed to be dealt are getting dealt. And um, there's word that Patrick Kane, it's an administrative issue. And uh, between now and tomorrow, he's going to the New York Rangers. Wouldn't that be something, huh? And it just seems like with Timo Meyer going to the Devils and McCabe and Lafferty going to Toronto and... Um, couple of players went to Boston last week, uh, Orlov being one of them. Um, Janot, you know, going to, uh, Janot going to, to Tampa. It just seems like there's a lot of teams that believe like they have a solid chance to win the Stanley Cup, right? They, let's look any year. It's anyone's cup. But to be honest, uh, 2023 more feels more like that than it's felt like in previous years. Now, if you take a look at the standings, you would think the Boston Bruins have a pretty good chance, but a lot of people are thinking that Boston is playing just way too good in this regular season, and there are some teams that I wouldn't say that are coasting, but that can turn it up a notch in the playoffs, and the big question is, will the Bruins be able to? And Lord knows they have the experience, right, because they've gone to three finals since 2011. They won one, and they lost two with a little bit of luck. They probably could have had two Stanley Cups, but they have one which is better than nothing. And I have Eric Engels of Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca. Let's bring him in and say hello. What's going on? What's up? Welcome to my beautiful hotel room in San Jose. Um, so uh, I have a couple of buddies who lived in San Jose, and they've lived in different cities, and uh, they tell me that one of their favorite places was San Jose. They, they have some restaurant recommendations for me? Uh, you know what? They probably do, but I don't have a, I, you know, I can't get a hold of them right now. But yeah, you got to uh, come prepared, Tony. Come on. Yeah, I've I've never been there, by the way. I'm, you know, I haven't been to too many places in the United States. I mean, well, I mean, been to too many places. I mean, obviously, I've been to New York. I mean, who hasn't? I've been to Chicago, and I've been to Los Angeles, and I've been to Boston. I've been to Jersey. I've been to Philadelphia. I'm trying to think, and there's probably one or two more, but I haven't I haven't seen that much of the United States to tell you the truth. So I'd like to see San Jose um one day. I'd even like to see San Francisco. I've never been there either. But anyway. Uh so how's San, uh, how's San Jose treating you? Uh how was the weather in Montreal today? Was it like sunny and a little chilly? Uh, no, the weather in Montreal was uh, not sunny. No, I don't know exactly no. what the weather was, but uh I don't think it you was sunny. Out? Were you stuck in the bed today? Uh, I went out when I went to um, when I went. Yeah, I wish I could stay in bed all day, uh, okay. but I, I, you know, I have a wife who makes sure that I have enough things to do and enough errands to run. Good. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, uh, it was pouring rain and terrible outside here today, so not exactly uh, beautiful it, it, California weather. It was pouring rain and terrible, really. Eh? Pouring rain and terrible. Yeah, well, but it's okay. Right. I spent most of my time in a freezing cold arena. And uh, spoke to Eric Carlson for a piece at sportsnet.ca, but he's not exactly enthralled about his situation being on a non-playoff team and with a contract that's probably immovable between now and Friday. And um, got to meet Dennis Garionov, his first 
practice okay. with the Canadians and saw Joel Edmondson and Caden Gooley paired up at practice and wondering if they'll get back into action tomorrow. And so the hockey stuff is pretty fun and that, that made up for a pretty lousy day weather-wise. All right. Um, yeah, I don't have the exact weather today in Montreal, but I mean, it, was, it, it wasn't hot, but um, obviously not. Uh, let me ask you about Eric Carlson because I were, were you part of it? Did you witness what uh, what's been all over the tube here in Montreal? Which is, I believe it was Marte McGuire, yeah, asking him a question about his future and whether or not it's going to be in San Jose. And so members of the Montreal media had asked for a Mark Edward Vlasic, who uh-huh. had made his way to his stall or was about to make his way to his stall, and. Eric Carlson was there at the same time. So they said, you know what? Right before Vlasic arrived, they asked him a question. And he's like, that's the guy you're looking for. Pointed to him and got out of it. Like, he didn't appreciate the question. So was he no, in no. this kind of mood with you, too? Or what? what no, no. I think I, I think I caused this whole problem, to be honest with you. Oh, really? Uh, oh, because yeah, you're no. the first one who asked him. And then and then Marty McGuire well, what, came along? What happened is, is that the, the San Jose room opened. And Carlson was there right away because there were a bunch of requests to speak to him. And Mark Edward Vlasic was there and because he's a Francophone guy from, from, you know, our, our, our parts, you know, everybody in the French media went to speak to him right away. And I made a beeline for Carlson because I needed to speak to him for my assignment today. And I knew uh, I was asking him questions that he'd been answering for weeks. Uh, but obviously, with the deadline so close in view, I was wanted to get the answers to them and, and hear what he had to say about his situation. And after three, four minutes of speaking to him, that's when the rest of the media kind of gravitated his way. And, you know, in between, a couple of San Jose reporters had come up and repeated a couple of the questions I had already asked him. So by the time Marty, poor Marty, got to him and asked that question, you know, like, how do you feel about your future, whatever it is, he had already answered the question you know, twice within that scrum and he's answered it so many times over the last number of weeks that I think he just was like, you know, you guys all asked to speak to me. You went straight to Vlasic. I'm speaking to other people and now you're coming in and asking me the same questions. He just lost patience with it and left the scrum. Uh, it wasn't a good look for him. I felt bad for uh, for Martin for sure, although I don't think he took it all that personally. Uh, it, it just wasn't a good look for Carlson, but it also, to me, it really spoke to how frustrated he is about the fact that despite his willingness to waive his no movement clause, even to a place like Edmonton, where I don't think a lot of people would assume it would be the first destination he'd want to play. Um, and he didn't say that he would naturally necessarily waive it to Edmonton, but I believe he would. Um, you know, he, he wants to play for a contender and take advantage of the fact that he's having his best season in six years. And yeah. is the odds on favor to win the Norris trophy. He's, he's, He's going to stay in San Jose, most likely. Most likely, I would put it a ninety nine point nine percent chance he stays in San Jose from here to the end of the season and breaks Brett Burns's record for a single season uh, point output, which was eighty three before, and Carlson's already got over seventy. So you know, it's. Uh, I think that whole blow up was not only because he had to repeat himself and answer these questions again and again, and 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 because everybody who requested him went to Vlasic first. I think it was really because. He, He's frustrated with the fact that, you know, Mike Greer hasn't even come to him to ask him to waive his no-move clause, so he's not expecting to get traded between now and Friday. Uh, says GSM on YouTube Live, what does Eric Carlson have to do with the Montreal Canadiens fans? Answer is nothing. Well, here's the deal. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens, GSM, are playing in San Jose tomorrow night 
It's a 10.30 p.m. start, Eastern start. By the way, at 10 p.m., the SICK podcast is going to go scheduled as planned. And from 10 to 10.30, you know, we'll talk Montreal Canadiens hockey. And around 10.30 or 10.35 when the puck drops or whenever it is, 10.37, whatever it is, you know, we'll try and talk a little bit of what's going on during the play. But, you know, what it has to do with is that members of the Montreal media were in that locker room. They had a conversation with Eric Carlson. He lost a little bit of patience and uh, he took off and he wasn't very happy. And so we're talking about it. That's it. That's all. Uh, well, that is, he's also one of the biggest players in the game right now. Like I said, he's the favorite for the Norris Trophy. And there's been trade rumors swirling around him for months. And uh, now all of a sudden we're three days from the deadline. And it's most likely going to be impossible for him to move, considering that he's got four years left at an $11.5 million cap hit. And, uh, you know, you look at the actual money. Like people always talk about, okay, is a team willing to retain, you know, salary in a trade? They're, they're not just retaining the dollars on the cap, they'd be retaining salary and Eric Carlson's salary is 11.5 next year, 11 the year after that, nine the year after that, and 7.5 in the final year of his deal. And he's 32 years old right now. So you do the math. I mean, that's a really insane kind of situation where, you know, as much as he could help a team that would be, you know, there's plenty of them that would love to have him. How many owners in the NHL as one GM put it to me a couple of weeks ago, would be willing to pay $20 million to keep his money on their salary cap and, and and pay that money out to him while he's playing for another team. I mean, yeah, I think you can answer that yourself. So he's frustrated. Yeah. No, the contract is an absolute disaster. Uh, what are we going to have on Friday's trade deadline day? I don't know. I'm not sure what we're going to have before it either. I mean, I really think the Canadians, you know, they moved Dadnov for Garyanov. Uh, if that doesn't work out, they haven't really lost anything, right? Like they they made the trade with Dadnov to get rid of Shea Weber's contract. It was an expiring player, uh, expiring contract that they took back. They flipped it over for a player's, you know, 25, still has lots of offensive upside, even if he hasn't shown it in Dallas, who's getting a fresh opportunity with the Canadians. I love, as a sidebar, what Marty St. Louis said today, you know, like you were expecting he'd answer questions about this player. And he was asked, you know, if did, did you get your, your scouting report on it? And he said, you know, like a, a bunch of people reached out to me, but I'm not interested in speaking to anybody about Gariana for two, three weeks. I want to form my own opinion. And like you think about players who go in these kind of um, revamping situations, right? Like yeah. the, this, this this kind of revamping project. Um, you know, if you put yourself in the shoes of the player, they're seeing a blank slate and a fresh opportunity and hoping that people will not pin them to their reputation and you know I, I i asked marty if he's told the player that he you know is willing to make his own opinion before listening mm-hmm. to anyone else's um and he said no i don't really have those conversations with the players and i said well you know i'm sure they'd appreciate hearing it like if, if mm-hmm. you put your on off shoes you want to believe you're going to get a blank slate um you know under marty st louis he's 100 percent going to and we've seen a lot of players under marty st louis and his one year with the Canadians, one year a little bit plus, mm-hmm. that have looked a lot better than their reputation would have suggested they'd be. Um, so this could be an interesting reclamation project if for whatever reason Garyanov is able to turn it around and earn mm-hmm. what will be a $2.9 million qualifying offer or at least a new contract with the Canadians if they decide not to qualify him. That's gravy. 
if it ends up being nothing and they let the player walk because for whatever reason, it, it, you know, he was given a golden opportunity to turn things around. By the way, he'll be playing with Nick Suzuki tomorrow. Yeah. In Santa, yeah. Then what, they, then, then, then what have they really lost? They haven't really lost much. Yeah. Uh, by the way, a much better start for uh, Dadonov with Dallas than he did have with Montreal with uh, because uh, the Stars are hosting the Canucks tonight. And they were trailing by a score of 3-1. to one. And Evgeny Dadunov narrowed that lead to 3-2. And now the Canucks have uh, taken a 4-2 lead. So Dadunov scores his first with Dallas in the first game as a Dallas star. It's a gorgeous uh, goal, too. Not his first, but his first as a Dallas star, obviously. Okay, gorgeous so let's, let, let's talk about Dennis Garionov because, you know, I, I find it somewhat amusing that uh, there are some who will say, uh, I don't like this player. I don't like this deal. You know, in essence, the Canadians traded Shea Weber's contract for Garyanov because they had traded Shea Weber's contract for Dadonov, and now they traded Dadonov for Garyanov. And to think of what the way Dadonov was playing one month ago, because he's really picked it up in the last month. He's played some real good hockey in that last month. But to think, like, if a month ago I would have said, that Kent Hughes was going to trade Dadonov for a player um, eight years, seven or eight years younger, who's a big player, who's a former first-round pick, who is three years removed from a 20-goal season and, I, I don't know, what was it, seven or eight or nine goals in the playoffs or whatever it was. I don't have his stats in front of me. I mean, I'm sure everyone would have taken that, but yet the second the deal's announced, ah, uh, this guy's no good. This guy's soft. This guy's inconsistent. You know right. what? I lo- Eric, I look at it this way. Um, they were going nowhere with Dadonov. So if it works with Garyanov, it works. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. They weren't going anywhere with Dadonov anyway. I think it's worth a shot versus taking a fourth or fifth round pick in 2024, which is probably the return that Kent Hughes was looking at. You know, like uh, it's, uh, you know, I think there was a lot of teams that you would have looked at and said, okay, they're going to strike out. We'll get the 2.45 p.m. on Friday, and that's where it becomes a little slightly more appealing to get a guy like Dodonov for, like I said, you know, a fifth-round pick in 2024. I, I think if you're Kent Hughes, um, you've got enough picks in the bank and have made enough of them over the last number of years, not that they wouldn't lack, look to add more futures, but they get a 25-year-old player with some upside. Now, in fairness – and in relation to all those criticisms that everybody is bringing up, you know, you said he's he's three years removed from a 20-goal season. He seems very far removed considering he's got two goals this season, right? And that's, yeah. that's fine. That's what he is. But again, and I bring this up because I think it's really relevant, that Marty St. Louis is not hooked into that reputation and giving him a, a clean slate to work with and a fresh opportunity. Let's see what it generates. Let's see if the player comes over inspired and is able to fill – an offensive role with a team that plays a lot freer than the Dallas Stars do. I mean, if it works, great. If it doesn't, what have the Canadians lost? Nothing uh, other than potentially a fifth-round pick in 2024. So, you know, at at the end of the day, it it was a move worth making. Whether or not it's the only move that Ken Hughes makes between now and Friday is the big question, you know, because he's got players that are not altogether first-plan players for for teams that are buying right now between now and the deadline. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he's going to have to get pretty creative 
to make some moves that help bolster the future of the Montreal Canadiens. Because right now, the only thing they, they can really hang on that, that is guaranteed is that the culture has advanced significantly under St. Louis. The brand is starting to become established and is clear, given that they're winning games when they're down 12 players on their roster. Yeah. And, um, you know, it will balance out and they will lose a lot of games between now and the end of the season and probably improve their draft position because their schedule is extremely difficult and they are severely underhanded here. So let's see Joel Edmondson coming back. That's the big one that, that I would look at and say there might be an opportunity here for Kent Hughes between now and Friday. Yeah. And uh, maybe it was strategic that he was the first one on the ice in practice. And maybe it was strategic, of course, that he was wearing the non-contact jersey. He's been out for a while with an injury. Some people believe that he hasn't been he the same player. He was, a, he was a full participant in practice today. Yeah, yeah, no, no. He was. Uh, uh, did I say the no contact jersey? He yeah. had removed the no. What I meant was he had removed the no contact jersey, and there's a reason why he was probably the first one on the ice. The optics look pretty good. Um, Wouldn't it be funny you know, though if they, if like if he came all the way out here and practiced, was cleared to play, and then the Canadians announced he was being scratched for trade related purposes? Like, there's no chance of that happening, but I think it would be so funny. Uh, it definitely would be funny, yes. George Lorac told us that he talked to some people in Edmonton. I don't know who he talked to. And he said, I couldn't lie to them about Joel Edmondson. His opinion was, is that Edmondson has a bad back. Edmondson is um, so decimated with injury. Uh, Edmondson is uh, not as efficient as he was maybe several years ago before the league got a little younger and a little faster. And he believes that Edmondson is a declining asset. I looked at him. I said, George, are you serious? He said, Tony, that's the way I feel. So that's what I'm going to tell them. I'm not going to, you know, like I'm just going to tell people what I think. And so I said, do you think they're going to take Edmondson in the end? And he goes, well, after what I told them, no. But it's funny because we keep on hearing Edmondson and the orders in the same sentence. They don't want to strike out. You know, like they've, got their hands in a lot of different dossiers. But at the end of the day, Ken Holland is bargain shopping here. You know, he's take a look at the Oilers roster. Like mm -hmm. if you really look at it on cap friendly, um, you know, they've got nine players, I think on their roster making less than a, a million four or something like that. Think about what a challenge it would be for this GM to convince that many players to play for that amount of money in a city like Edmonton. Like, it's pretty tough. And if a few of them have their salaries raised between now and next season, and Joel Edmondson comes in at 3.5 million bucks, and for whatever reason, can't play next year after November, because all of a sudden his back acts up again, it just creates a mess of a situation. And you could take Joel Edmondson's name out and replace it with somebody else who's got another year on a contract, whatever it is, you know, whether it's Take a look at some of the names that are associated with them. Uh, it's it's a challenge for Ken Holland right now, and it's frustrating too, I'm sure, because I can't think of a team mm -hmm. that has been more affected by the cap being stagnant. You know, you have McDavid and Drysaddle making, I mean, Drysaddle much less so than McDavid, making huge money in the very prime of their career. McDavid hit the 50 goal mark tonight. You want to be able to reward them, and and he wants to for sure. He wants to make the team better. But he's stuck. Like, he's stuck. He cannot go mm -hmm. big game hunting. The, the rumors about Eric Carlson and, and San Jose make zero sense at all. And um, he has to, Eric, he has to do something. I mean, everyone's making a move. 
Everyone, the Bruins made a move last week. I mean, Tampa Bay made a move. The New Jersey Devils made a move. Uh, the Rangers made a move. It looks like they're going to make another one. Colorado made a move. Like it's everyone's making a move, and that's why he's that's got why the best player in the league. He has to make a move. That's why he's not going to close the door on a guy like Joel Edmondson. You know, yeah. if you can get a guy who can play in your top four, um, you know, reliably from from here to however far they go in the playoffs, if they make them. You know, if you look at Edmonton, like they need those types of players. It's it's not a secret. It's it's been a long running thing in that city. Um I think there are some options on the table for them that they're looking at. And they're not going to close the door on Edmonton despite what it could mean for next year's roster and how much juggling, you know, Ken Holland would it would go from having to replace, you know, five or six players to to you know, or having to replace nine players or whatever it is. But now he'll have less money to play with if he gets a guy like Edmondson who's at 3.5 next year and all of a sudden ends up injured. It's a, it's a really complicated situation for them. It's funny because he's always been a guy who doesn't like to give up for rentals. And you would have looked at the beginning of the season like a lot of us did and said, okay, you know, Edmondson is kind of a perfect fit. But now, because of this wonky back situation, it's uh, it's nerve-wracking for him. I, I don't yeah. think given up on it i think if you see a deal happen between the oilers and canadians on this player yeah it's, it's going to involve kent hughes taking money back in the deal you know jesse puyarvi making three million dollars is is, yeah. is an example of what potentially could happen with that but that's not going to get it done on its own you'd have to have a good prospect or a good pick coming back with that and then the big question would be you know would Kent Hughes entertain a possibility that he wasn't willing to prior, which is to eat a little bit of money on Edmondson's contract, whether it's $500,000 to even out the money or whatever it is. Yeah. If you see a deal happen between these two teams, it's going to look something like that. Um, I don't think it's likely, but it's the fact that it's still possible speaks to a Edmonton's desperation and B Kent Hughes's willingness to make a move with this player, because look, take a look at the, the Canadian defense, Tony, there's mm -hmm. there's Jack guy, there's Gooley, there's Harris, there's yeah. there's you know Lane Hudson down the line, there's Jaden Struble down the line, there's a, a lot of different players here right now that they've got to create the space for. So see what happens. You know, I said something on um on Jean Charles Lajoie's show uh earlier this morning on his radio show at BPM Spore, which I'm going to repeat right now, and that is Kirby Doc, Sean Monahan, Michael Matheson. Uh, I'm trying, I'm wondering if, uh, if there was, uh, so Kirby Doc, Michael Matheson, uh, Sean Monahan. uh, I'm wondering if there are others, but players that the Canadians have acquired, players that they've acquired, that, uh, Justin Barron is another one, pardon me, uh, that are former first round draft picks. And now they go out and they acquire Dennis Gurianov. And you just talked about a potential of Jesse Pujarvi coming back. And even though, you know, uh, in many people's eyes, Pujarvi's a bust, I think, you know, the Canadians are in a position where they want young players, they want young players who are former first-round draft picks, and they want to see if Marty St. Louis can, can basically jumpstart their career again. And Jean-Charles said to me, well, they're not going out to get players just because they're first-round picks. I said, no not going out to get players just because they're first-round picks, but getting first-round picks 
is part of the strategy that they want to employ because I know that they were working, Eric, uh, they were looking at Colorado last year. And, uh, you know, besides obviously the great players that Colorado has drafted first overall, like, or, or first overall, Nathan McKinnon, fourth overall, and Kale McCarr, and fourth overall, and Bowen Byron, and 10th overall, and in, in Ranton, and second overall, Landeskog. Those are very good players. But Colorado also went out, and they had got Kadri, seventh overall, Johnson, first overall, Nichushkin, 10th overall. The Canadians are trying to stockpile as many former first-round draft picks as possible. Because those are players, obviously, that a lot of scouts saw something in. And they're thinking, you know what? Let's try these players out with Marty and let's see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think if you – I think you could say different things about all the players you named. But, you know, one thing that kind of unites them is that they were first-round picks for a reason and that they have a certain skill level that put them a cut above at one point or another um, or at one point when they were way younger. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at Garyanov specifically, the skill is – high you know he's he's got a really really good shot he's got a really good backhand he's can really skate he can really move and he's got size um his defensive commitment has been questionable his hockey mm-hmm. sense is on the average side based on the people i've spoken to and again i'm not like marty saying we don't have to coach him every day uh and coach the player and the person and all that stuff that marty was talking about i i you know form my own opinion based on what i've seen from the player and and also you know I speak to people who know the player well, and this is what they've said to me about him. Mm-hmm. I'm as curious as anyone to see what happens. And I think the one name that you mentioned that really interests me, especially since he came from Dallas also, is Nikushkin. You know, what yeah. we've seen him do in Colorado is phenomenal. And if there's that type of turnaround coming with this player or any others that the Canadians acquire that had that type of promise beforehand and fell off the path, well, I don't think it's a bad strategy, you know, like you, you have to try to find those types of players. Now, like Baron, for example, is a different kind of story because he was 19 years old when he was traded to Montreal last year. And so it's not as though that upside was exploited and all of a sudden the, the downside reared its ugly head and he wasn't there. Um, like this kid just turned 21 years old and he's on his way to doing some pretty good things. Like I think yeah. we're watching a player come along a very far away from where he was when he came to the Canadians. And, and that's on a normal kind of progression that he's been on. It's been abnormal in Guryanov's case or going back to Nikushkin where mm-hmm. you know, they were not where you wanted them to be. And, and that's why they ended up in different places. So I'm curious, you know, Puyarvi, look, I, there's no expectation for me that Puyarvi will suddenly become an elite goal scorer. Uh, that he was thought to be when he was drafted third overall. Um, he is not that player. He is, uh, I would say, at maximum a, a 10 to 15 goal scorer, um, but a reliable defensive player who can and is capable of playing in this league and potentially as high as being a third liner. Um, he just hasn't been anywhere near what Edmonton wants him to be. And I'll, I'll tell you something, even if he came over and played for Marty St. Louis, I would not really change my opinion on that because the one thing with Puyarvi is he's gotten a lot of opportunity to play with Connor McDavid and hasn't put the puck in the net. I mean, it's pretty rare to play with a talent like that and not be able to do it. And that's why I say when you look at Edmonton and Edmondson and a potential deal, it definitely doesn't hinge on the Canadians getting Puyarvi. They wouldn't be targeting that player 
in this deal. He would probably be a part of it because of the money, right? He makes three million, Edmondson makes three point five, and Holland needs to make it work. It's it's what you would get, what you would get on top of that for taking on that player while trading Edmondson. Yeah, that's that's the potentially exciting thing for a team like Montreal if they decide to pull the trigger yeah. on a deal, which they they definitely don't have to do with Edmondson under contract yeah. for one more year. Yeah. You just said something about McDavid, and um, you know uh, we'll we'll end it with this. I really very much appreciate your time tonight, uh, but I'll give you a chance to counter here, and then we can say goodbye. But it's probably something stupid that I'm going to say, but it's not the first time I've said something stupid in over 20 years here, uh, and it's not going to be the last. But as great as he is, he probably well we know he plays the game fast, but he probably thinks the game so fast that Pujarvi probably probably doesn't look good because he just the game doesn't register from for him as fast as it does uh for Connor McDavid right and so you know the easy thing that when you see a player who's the best player in the league you know everyone would want to play with him and you would think you know what just go to the net and you're going to get your sure goals because there's going to be a lot of loose pucks or just give him the puck and you're going to end up getting an assist but maybe McDavid plays the game just so fast too fast for Pugliarvi that, you know, it just, it can't work with him and maybe it can work somewhere else. Or maybe he's just an underachieving player who, you know, never really played to the potential that a lot of people saw in him and he probably never will be. That could very yeah. well be it too. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at why Pugliarvi was drafted third overall, chances are it has fourth. to do with, far, sorry, fourth overall. Pierre Lutzelbaum was third. Yeah, that's right. Pierre sorry. That's exactly That's okay. No, and, and um, we, we, you remember why we all know about it, right? Because the Canadians at yeah. the time offered PK Subban to the Edmonton Oilers um, because they were hoping that the Edmonton Oilers, uh, with the fourth pick overall, they were thinking that Matthews was going to go one, Liney was going to go two, Pugliarvi was going to go three, and Mark Bergevin and Trevor Timmons were very, very high on uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and they thought if they would have traded Subban to Edmonton for the fourth pick and something else, that with that fourth pick, they were going to draft Pierre-Luc Dubois. But, uh, you know, Yarmul Kakalainen ends up uh, drafting Dubois at three for Columbus, and Edmonton ends up getting Pugliarvi at four. And, of course, as we all know, P.K. Subban's not traded that weekend. He's traded three or four days later uh, to the Nashville Predators. That's and that's right. it. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I don't know if it's uh, like Chris Kunitz did pretty well with Sidney Crosby. He did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like uh, some players, for whatever reason, get into the spotlight and don't have the goods. You know, like they just don't. They, he's probably a great practice player. And, you know, the, the truth is, it's it's tough. It's tough to play with the best players in the world, but at the same time, you should be able to take a, a fourth overall pick or a guy who was probably going to go third, if not for Yarmo Kekalainen having the insight to pick Dubois. Like, he should be able to produce something. Yeah, of course, game. you're right. Okay. It's uh, a pretty big red flag that he wasn't able to, right? Like, yeah, we're, we're going to say goodbye, and chances are uh that um that uh you know we're gonna not gonna talk between now and friday and i know you're gonna be very busy with trade deadline so one last time here um which montreal canadian gets traded between now and uh you know the end of the deadline here 
Great question. Um, I'm going to take Edmondson out of the situation. Okay. I think. Well, well Jonathan Drouin traded. Even, I think there's a. I think there's a better chance than people assume right now. Okay. It's it's a gonna be it's gonna be. Listen, I don't want to sugarcoat it. Right now, you're looking at a player that's still going to cost two point seven five million dollars who doesn't have a goal since last January. So, what you're hearing on him, and what I'm hearing on him, and what everybody's hearing on him is there isn't much interest. But we'll see. I. Think there's a possibility that could change between now and 3 p.m. on Friday. It could change really between 2:45 p.m. and 3 p.m. on Friday. That's where I think something like that could happen. So I'm not striking the possibility that Jonathan Duran gets traded. Mm-hmm. I think it actually is a lot more possible than people are suggesting right now. But I'm definitely not guaranteeing it. I think there's also a pretty good chance that he doesn't go anywhere. So very good. That's that. That's my. Flip floppy answer. All I'll say is I think the chances are better than they look right now, which are not very good. We will uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, take care. Thanks, you take care. All right. Okay. Uh, we're gonna continue. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna get to your comments, and uh, you know what? I'm going to uh, I'm gonna you know answer all your questions tonight. By the way, you can ask me anything. Hey, shout out the playground. They have over 600 machines, poker tournaments, and playground casino games, uh, daily promotions, unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else? Located just over the Mercy Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. By the way, uh, even though the Canadians are losing with trade deadline here, there is a lot of interest just on YouTube Live alone. Uh, we have 600 people watching right now, 600 people just on YouTube Live. I'm pretty proud of those numbers, and hopefully within a year, we can actually double them, and I'll be even happier at that point. Uh, so we're going to get to your questions. I'm going to tell you this, and I need you to listen to me carefully and and to my reasoning here, okay? Uh, Timo Meyer is a New Jersey devil, as you know, all right? Uh, Timo Meyer is at the end of his contract that paid him $6 million dollars okay six million dollars um timo meyer is um a player who can play either wing um he's 26 years old uh he's six foot um he's got a nice age for sure now i want to talk to you about josh anderson Josh Anderson has a nice age. Josh Anderson has nice size. Josh Anderson has a nice contract. If I'm another NHL team and I take a look at Josh Anderson, who's playing for a team who's not going to make the playoffs, who's under contract Josh Anderson is at a good number, $5.5 million. It's not a terrible contract. It's not the end of the world. It's digestible. It's $5.5 million. And he's got that contract signed after this year for another one, two, three, four more years after this year. So you know what? You know that you're going to be able to retain him. He's 28 years old. If you go out and you get him now, you're probably thinking you're going to have him in the prime of his career. He has been playing some of his best hockey in the last month that he's played all season. He's six foot three. He's about 227, 230 pounds. He's a big boy. He can defend himself. 
He can defend his teammates. He's probably a better player in the playoffs than he is in the regular season. And uh, you know what? He's on his way to uh, uh, to probably challenging for the best season of his career goals-wise when he had 27 goals about four years ago. Think about what the Devils had to give up for Timo Meyer. Think about what San Jose received. Think about what the Tampa Bay Lightning had to give up for Janot. Um, and now think of Josh Anderson. By the time the Montreal Canadiens become a legitimate Stanley Cup contender, Anderson will probably be in the final year of his contract. He'll probably be about 32 years old. He'll probably be a declining asset. I know that Josh Anderson isn't the first player that the Montreal Canadiens should trade because obviously he's not one of their worst players. But you know what? The smart people in life that play the the stock market or the ones that are the best at it, they make money because they know when to sell an asset, right? They buy low, they sell high. Before it goes down, they sell it, all right? And then they'll end up picking up at another point, another stock, which is low, and they'll try and bring it back high, and then they'll sell that one too. And the ones who don't have that kind of success at the stock market are the general managers who are not the best general managers in the National Hockey League if we're drawing a parallel. And the ones who are are the ones who can pull it off. So with all that being said, with so many teams thinking that they have a shot to win the Stanley Cup, the Boston Bruins went out and they picked up two players and they got better. The Toronto Maple Leafs went out and they picked up two players um, make it three players uh, because they picked up Ryan O'Reilly the week before, and, and they got better. The New York Rangers, they went out, they got better. They're going to add Patrick Kane. They're going to get even better. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they went out. They picked up a player. They got better. There's a lot of teams that believe the Edmonton Orders are going to go out. They're going to try and do something because they have the one of the best, you know, they have the best player in the world and another one of the top five best players in the world. And they think, hey, you know what? We we need to give these guys something, right? We need to make this team better. They're going to go out there. There's an opportunity here for Josh Anderson. Folks, I, you know, you don't have to tell me he's a good player. I know that. Folks, you don't have to tell me the Canadians don't have enough players like Josh Anderson. I know that too. But what I also know is that the Canadians aren't going to be a legitimate Stanley Cup contender for at least another four years. What I also know is that the Canadians are going to miss the playoffs this year, and they probably should miss the playoffs next year again. And what I also know is that Anderson's value will never be higher than it is this year. It's not going to be higher next year. It's not going to be higher the year after. It's not going to be higher the year after that. I would trade Josh Anderson. I would. I'm going to say it now before Friday's trade deadline. Do I think they will? No. I don't think they will, but I would. Where do you stand now? Where do you stand? Send me a message here. Agnello and Sammy at Master Control. Bring up the comments. Bring up the questions. Bring up the messages. I'm going to throw them all out there. I'm going to try and tackle as many as I can. By the way, you can ask me whatever you want. Eh? Whatever you want. I mean, it's, you know, let's... uh Let's keep in mind that there could be kids watching and stuff like that or whatever, but so not everything, not everything, you want, not whatever you want, but pretty much whatever you want. Uh, Francis Savoie, what would be a good return for Allen? And uh, what do you think that we can have in return? Hey, if the Montreal Canadiens can get, how about a goaltending prospect in return for Jake Allen? How about the Montreal Canadiens get, uh, you know, a real good draft pick in return for Jake Allen? 
I would trade Jake Allen. Um, if they don't, I understand it too. He could be very good for Montembeau because Montembeau, as good as he's been, he needs somebody to push him. And Allen's the guy to push him. So um, would I trade him? Yes, if the return was very good. But if they hold on to him, if the return's not very good, it can still be good for the Canadians because Allen can continue to push Montembeau. And if he pushes Montembeau, Montembeau is going to get better. Next. Uh, biggest Habs fan of the big smoke. Does Christian Dvorak get moved before the deadline? That's a real good question as well, because here's a centerman who's got a digestible contract of under four and a half million dollars, a couple of years left, a good two-way game, a 200-foot player, nothing flash. He's not going to put up huge numbers, but uh, you can use him on the penalty kill, reliable. Um, my gut tells me no, but I'm also going to tell you that if the return is very good, Kent Hughes is going to do it. Now, I think the return could be very good for Josh Anderson. I don't think the return could be very good for Christian Dvorak. I have to bring Agnello and Sammy in because, you know, I have a very, very important question to ask them. Very important. Agnello and Sammy, come on in. Hey, what's happening? How are you? Good, thank you. Very good. Uh, so I, I think when we decided to do this, we said that we were going to go at 10 p.m. pretty much, um, and we we're going to go live. We were going to go for about an hour. Uh, I don't know if we guaranteed an hour or not, but I think we said we were going to go minimum one hour, right? Yep. So it's 10.44 p.m. We started at 10 o'clock. I have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do we do here? What do we do? What, well, what are we doing I, here? I guess we're going to have to put on the sick song for a minute until you come back. Oh, would, you, would you be willing to do that or what? What's the story here? I think you should hold it in, but that's beside the point. Yeah, hold it in, okay, at 22, at 50, asking someone to hold it in. It's a little bit more difficult. But Sammy had a good idea for tomorrow night. Oh, really? Yeah. What's his idea for tomorrow night? Well, Why Sammy, did you make Sammy tell me? Sammy thinks that we should go on at 10 o'clock. Yeah. And then end the podcast at puck drop so people can enjoy the game instead of us doing the play-by-play because with the times, it's always off. Whatever. It depends what kind of channel they're on. Listen, uh, great minds think alike, because I'm going to tell you right now, uh, I was taking a look at the schedule, and obviously tomorrow night they're in San Jose, like you mentioned. It's a 10.30 start. On Thursday, they're in Los Angeles. It's a 10.30 start as well. And Friday, it's uh, a 10 o'clock start. Now, on Friday, when our buddy Matt O'Han goes on, uh, I'm not so sure what he wants to do, but I, you know what? I was going to call you tonight after the show and tell you just that. Yeah, Let's I go on at 10 o'clock as planned tomorrow and Thursday. Well, tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. But tomorrow and Thursday, seeing as there's a 10.30 game, we could probably go to 10.30. We could probably go to 10. The puck will drop probably at around 10.37. Yeah, whenever but, the puck drops, we stop. Just let people But whenever the puck drops, we stop. That's the way I think we should handle it. I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's the way I think we should handle it. Yeah, the times are always off, whatever the channel you're on. Yeah. So you're playing, doing play-by-play play and who's behind, who's ahead. So yeah. It's a good idea. I think I know why I have to pee. Yeah, you're drinking too much beer. No, so well, I I am drinking beer. Yes, a hundred percent. Look, Sony, look at that comment. Enjoying a bit of TV live for the first time. They're pale ale. Thanks, Tony. Great beer, great sponsor from Jeremy Pelsi. Honestly, they, everybody they, that's tried this beer loves it. No, I listen. I'm going to tell you something. This beer is really, really good. Really good. Now, I, I haven't this. tried this one here with the with 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 the gold banner on top which is a 5.2% alcohol. I did try the one last week with the orange banner on top, which is a 5% alcohol. 
It was very, very good I beer. My uh, my dad was um, my dad ordered pizza the other night, and when my dad eats pizza, he I likes to beer. wash it down with a cold beer. Okay, so he asked me. He said, "You have any beer?" I said, "Yes." He said, "Bring me a beer." So I went over. I brought him a beer, and I brought him La Bitta TB. He looked at me, and uh, he looked over, and he said, "Fabuloso, fabulous." Yeah, yeah, it's a good beer. Fabulous. I'm doing the yeah. same thing. It's good beer. Okay, so I, you know, I think I figured out why I have to pee. Go ahead. Yeah, you drank two gallons of water. Yeah, of course. This is four liters. Okay, yeah. I finished one today, and I finished this much, um, and that's why I think. Yeah. I think you drink too much water before you go to bed. Oh, my God, this guy. So, um, this is distilled or was distilled water, which uh, I fill up my, um, my CPAP machine with, right? Yep. And so when it finished, I have uh, filtered water in the house, and I just filled up the jug yeah. and I put it in there and stuff like that. And um, anyway, long story short, I spoke to a buddy of mine yesterday, and he's lost all kinds of weight, all kinds of weight. And I said to him, I said, well, what's your secret? You know, I've been trying this, that, but don't get me wrong. I mean, I cheat and, you know, I eat all the stuff that's not good for you. That's the stuff that I eat and I get it. But I mean, is there is there any miracle way of me losing weight and still eating the things that I like to eat, which in the end are not good for you and stuff like that. And he said, well, Tony, to answer your question, no, it's all about calorie intake, right? He says, the fact of the matter is, even though there's some things that you would rather avoid, the reality of nutrition, this guy's an expert, okay? Mm -hmm. The reality of nutrition is you can eat whatever you want. You just have to be within your calories. If yeah, you're going to yeah. have too many calories, then you're going to put on weight. But he says the reality is, is when someone tells you to avoid carbs, you can eat the carbs. When someone says don't touch chocolate or don't touch this, don't, you can eat it. Yeah. But if you're going to have 6,000 calories a day, you're obviously going to put on a lot of weight. If you're going to be under 2,000 calories a day, you're going to end up losing weight. So I said, is there something, some kind of miracle? Whatever? He says, listen miracles don't exist but the absolute best thing for you is water and he says if you can drink a lot of water but a lot of water and he says but you know don't push it because there is a little bit something like with just too much water that's right exactly. I said, that's what i was gonna say so and i said so what are we talking about here so he said look he said i drank four liters a day for so a couple guy, of months. I'm going to put up a comment for you. Look. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not going to drink. Wow. My God. Wow. I, I'm not going to drink four liters in one shot. Okay. So anyway, he, he drinks four liters a day and has for months. And obviously that's not the only thing he's doing, but he told me that if you could already just start with that, you are way ahead of the game. Cause I also think the water fills you up. So you're not as hungry, right? You see, you, you're not just another pretty face. You are a very, very smart guy, too. Why don't you tell it? Why don't you tell every why don't you tell everyone watching where you guys are going tomorrow? So for the we're, the, we're going to our first major events. We're going to the NF, uh, NFL Combine, which we're gonna get there Wednesday. Yeah. So tomorrow we're going to the NFL Combine. In Indianapolis. 
in the Netherlands. Really looking forward to it. Really, okay, really looking so forward to it. I brought you on a couple of weeks ago. I told everyone about your story, which is an amazing story. I think everyone knows it by now. Uh, and this little empire that Sammy's building. And uh, I'm so happy that I signed on as a 50-50 partner. It was the greatest decision of my life, okay? Uh, and, and the beauty of me saying it, and you didn't say no, and Sammy just didn't say no, is now that it's been podcasted on YouTube, it's going to be in a library it's there forever. And one day, if we end up in court, I'm bringing this. I said we're a 50-50 partner. You didn't say anything. And I'm going to make myself half of $100 million. We're all good, okay? Um. We talked about this little empire that Sammy and the entire, you guys, the entire family, you, your daughter, Juliana, works very, very hard. And, and I always want to include Juliana because she does work behind the scenes, which is unbelievable. Uh, you guys were at eight podcasts. Last week on Thursday, we launched the second podcast here in Montreal, CF Montreal. which is the sick podcast, CF Montreal Talk. Yep. And if you have a chance, go on Twitter and subscribe to our Twitter handle, SickPodCFMTL. That's on Twitter. And we have a separate YouTube channel, which is obviously the Sick Podcast CF Montreal Talk. And the reason why we did it is a couple of reasons. Number one, I believe Montreal is more than just one team. And I've been stressing that and talking about it. And I've also talked about the fact I don't think the media has um, done enough to advertise the other teams, CF Montreal, the Alouettes, or talk about local boxers or even amateur athletes or athletes from the province of Quebec in this city. I don't think they do it enough. They do talk Montreal Canadiens hockey. And so if I, when I was trying to do it on this podcast, you know, you would have some who would still continue to talk Montreal Canadiens hockey or wouldn't be very happy with me. So we wanted to keep this for the most part, for the most part, a Montreal Canadiens podcast. So we opened up a CF Montreal podcast, which we record and we upload pretty much two times per week, every Monday and every Thursday. If there's going to be breaking news at one point on a Wednesday, boom, we're going to upload a podcast and bring it to you on a Wednesday. If it happens on a Friday, we'll upload it and we'll bring it to you on a Friday. But at the very least, we're going to bring you CF Montreal talk two times a week. And in the two days... And that, well, you know, in, in the two podcasts that we've had, we see the numbers growing on Twitter. We see the numbers growing on YouTube. There's a lot of interest from potential sponsors who are giving us a call. We we're able to break a major story. We broke a major story Am I right? uh, uh, on Friday morning at 9.21 a.m. Friday morning at 9.21 a.m. We broke breaking news that CF Montreal was sending forward Kai Kamara to the Chicago Fire in return for GAM money. We broke that at 9.21 a.m. At, um, I think it was 11.10 a.m., uh, our buddy and our partner in the CF Montreal talk, Jeremy Filosa, checked with his sources, and Kai Kamara actually confirmed to Jeremy, yeah, you know what, uh, uh, I got traded. I got traded to Chicago. And then another member of the media out of the United States confirmed the news at uh, 2.20 in the afternoon or so. Then CF Montreal, the team, uh, the team made it official at 3 p.m. We had it at 9.21 a.m. The team had it at 3 p.m. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm also happy to tell you that Montreal's uh, 
French sports radio station had it uh, probably at around uh, 9.45 or 10 o'clock in the morning while they ran with my uh, my news. Uh, and um, You're not, don't say it. <laughs> and there were others that were very, very late to the party, like very, very, very late. We had it at 9.21, and there were others that had it at 3.33 p.m. I'm not yeah. going to say nothing, yeah. but I said everything. Sha-la-la-la-la, <laughs> la-la-la-la. All right, so um, we're, so so we're we're very happy with that. But what I was getting to on yellow, and we'll get to the comments in a second here, is that um, that was your ninth podcast. Yep, the second one in Montreal. Today you announced podcast number ten. Yeah, You're having eight. a podcast in Vegas. Vegas Raiders. Yep. All right, talking LA Raiders. Yep. And by the end of this week, I think you're going to be announcing one or two more. Are you not? Yeah, we're announcing the Jets. You're announcing a podcast in New York, which is going to be number 11. We're going to be talking Jets football. Yeah. Anything else you'll be announcing this week or no? Not this week. We're going to wait a week week or so, but we have another one lined up, which is Memphis basketball. You have another one lined up, which is Memphis basketball, Basketball. which should be announced next week, but you already announced it just now on this podcast right now. It's okay. Montreal, Don't worry Montreal, about it. Montreal is home. We're good. Yes. And you're going to the uh, the combine, combine, NFL Combine in Indianapolis. You're leaving tomorrow with Sammy, one of the hosts of the Sick Podcast out of Pittsburgh, is Sammy. going with you. If all goes well, I'll go to the NHL draft in yes. Nashville, Tennessee. I mean, that's the plan, and, unless I end if up all on an all-inclusive. Well, we'll be at the NFL draft in KC. And you'll be at the NFL draft in KC. KC that's in April. That's April. in April. One day at a time. One day at a time. This is this is this is unbelievable. Yeah, it's fun. This is this is unbelievable. Very much fun. All right, okay. Uh, if you have any questions, so we'll see you after. Hold your pee, but hold your pee. We'll see you after. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I'm going to uh, hold it as much as I can here. And uh, yes, okay. Let me uh, let me just do this. Though, hold on a second. Let me do this. Hold on. Go. Oh, look at my. Uh, these are my uh, relaxed pants at home. Pockets out and everything. Yeah, I think my boys were playing with my laptop and they had taken out the plug and I saw that my battery was going low. All right, bring up a couple of questions in yellow. So look, uh, things are going really well. We're really, really happy. And, um, you know, so now we got ourselves this podcast in Montreal. We have a CF Montreal talk a couple of times a week. If all goes well, I think we'll probably be doing something with the Alouettes as well. Uh, Why not? And, uh, you know, maybe even... Maybe even, who knows, a sports show going forward that'll be like a little bit of, you know, look like a sound like a radio show, look like a TV show. It'll be kind of like a hybrid, kind of like this one is, and it'll probably go earlier in the morning or sometime in the afternoon. And uh, we'll probably be on in a like, you know, a real early hour because uh, we're on at a late hour here at 10 o'clock at night. But maybe we can go at 10 o'clock in the morning. Huh? There's an idea. Or maybe we can go on at like, I don't know, one o'clock in the afternoon or whatever. Um, So, you know, we're doing really well. Thank you very much. We couldn't have done it without all of you. We really could not have done it without all of you. And uh, with all of our sponsors, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, Uh, let's go now. Uh, Where are we going? 
Uh, do you think the biggest trade the Canadians make before the deadline is a player or the use of their free cash below the cap in return for players and picks? Um, hmm, it's a good question. I will say it could, it's going to be both. I would say it's going to be both. Next. Uh, Troy says, uh, what do you think of this idea? Trade deadline is March 3rd next year, but two weeks before before that, the National Hockey League does a trade trees till trade deadline weekend. Does that make it more fun? It definitely would make it more fun. And I'm sure all those who are going to be on TV from like 6, 7 o'clock in the morning all the way to like 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock at night, I would imagine that they would appreciate it a lot more as well. Next. Great idea, by the way. Others coming up. Phil Pelsar. Hey, Tony, do you think we'll see Sean Farrell with the Habs when his NCAA season is over? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Why not? Take a look at what the kid has. Why not? You have that window. Next. Uh, Roy, when do the Canadians address their long-term goaltending situation? The Primo experiment seems over. I'm not so sure it's over yet, but I'm sure they'll be drafting a goaltender in 2023. Uh, I would bet on that. Next. What about Hoffman? Does he get traded and for what? Well, this coming in from Glenn. Glenn, the challenge here is that he has another year at like $4.5 million. And if this was the final year of his contract, I would say, yes, he would be traded. And a team would love to add him, even if he could just be a power play specialist. But the fact that he has another year, that would make it more difficult. Agnello, why don't I do this? I will uh, We'll take one more. Uh, but the, before we do, matrixhomefitness.ca. Dadanov probably got on the treadmill and it looked like he was a little bit slower earlier on in the season. And all of a sudden, he picked up the pace in the last month of the season here. Uh, maybe not a month of the season, but in the last month, maybe because he was in a hurry to get out of here. Uh, but anyway, bring it home. Discover a club quality workout in the comfort of your own home. Visit matrixhomefitness.ca. And now Dadanov got his wish. He is in Dallas. And by the way, he has scored a goal for the Dallas Stars tonight. All right. Okay. Others coming in. One more. Tony, Guy Boucher said at lunch that having a project player is good, but having too many isn't. What do you think about that? Can Marty handle that many? I, I think this coming in from Rems, I think it's a comment that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that having too many project players is not good. But at the same time, having too many project players on a team that's a legitimate Stanley Cup contender is not good. On a team that is in a rebuilding phase and is not giving up pretty much anything for them, it works, it works, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, it won't make much of a difference. The Canadians have still three, four years before they become, you would think, a contender, maybe four years before they become a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. So they got nothing to lose. They said at the beginning they wanted to do a rebuild, but they wanted to they wanted it to be an accelerated rebuild. And by accelerated rebuild, you go out, you take players who have already been drafted several years ago, maybe had a couple of years under their belt in the National Hockey League, to see if they're further along. Uh, you know what? I would take a Garyanov over a fourth-round pick or a fifth-round pick. I think it's worth the gamble. I agree with what Guy said, but in the circumstances that the Canadians are in, a rebuilding team with time on their hands, it works, it works, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, no harm, no foul. That's it for me. Uh, if you like the SICK podcast, hit the like button. Uh, share it with your friends, message SICK, S-I-C-K. I saw a couple of people today, earlier today on Google, Apple, and Spotify, leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It made me very, very happy about that uh, because it looks like people are able to recognize the consistency in which we're trying to do things. The preparation 
uh, that we bring to the table, the collaborators that we bring on board. We're working really, really hard. And the fact that you're able to recognize that, well, they say in life, real recognizes real. We're real. You are real. This podcast is real. Tell your friends about it. The Sick Podcast, Monday to Friday. Is it 10 p.m. yet? It starts at 10 p.m. Eastern. We'll be back tomorrow night at 10 p.m. And then the Canadians and the San Jose Sharks at around 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Tell your friends about it. Say, that podcast is pretty sick, and so is that guy. He's crazy. At one point, he brought the guy on. He told him he had to pee. He asked him what can happen. The other guy said, you're going to have to hold it in. Guess what? I did. And now I'm going to run to the bathroom. Been holding in a pee for so long. It's pretty sick. I'm Aaron Arrow. Good night. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you. <laughs>